Welcome to the ABCs of Matrescence. We are two mamas, Emma and Mackenzie. We both have 14-month-old boys, and we are thrilled to be here with you today. We're chatting all things real motherhood from A to Z, everything in between. Matrescence is the process of becoming a mother, and we are bringing you a little sneak peek into what it's like to be mamas and feed the babies something other than breast milk. <laughs> Woohoo! Yeah, we're wrapping up our, our breast milk breastfeeding conversation so for all of you that are like are you guys going to talk about anything else but your boobs we're we're moving on to the next phase <laughs> we so don't promise worry. not to say hashtag nipple pain for the I next i was like actually hour. i don't know i've had a little bit of that so i you can't you can promise that i don't know i did I get bit earlier in the week so yeah hey. well there you go <laughs> but um well thank you guys so much for joining us we appreciate you listening to episode 10 we had an amazing interview with the IBCLC. I still have to think that through every time I say it. I know, me too. Me too. Uh, Alicia Peterson. And um, yeah, we really enjoyed that conversation with her and delving a little bit more into breastfeeding from the pro perspective. And she's just so kind and so sweet and such a supportive resource for uh, mamas. So I hope y'all enjoyed that. And today we are going to jump into, as Mackenzie mentioned, feeding little. So kind of the next phase. So we did the whole, well, we're still doing the whole nursing thing. So I can't say we're completely over it, but what it was like to introduce solids. But um, I think first we're going to go ahead and just a little update and jump into some highs and lows. So how's it going, Mackenzie, in your world right now? You know, it's it's pretty good. We're hanging in there. I would just say that the theme of the week for me, so I could kind of just start with the low, is just kind of over it, you know? Yeah. Yeah, definitely. It's I'm been just, a long yeah. time now. It's been a long yeah. time. I'm, mm-hmm. I just feel ready for all of the little things. I feel ready to put Emerson in my car and go to Whole Foods or Target. I feel ready to see a friend, you know, go on a walk and grab a coffee. I feel ready Not to- Not wear a face mask out in public? Yes. Have a date night with yeah. my hubby, you know, have a nanny oh come over. Oh my gosh, that sounds amazing. Like, <laughs> right? I realize we haven't well, been on a date mm-hmm. without Emerson since we were in, I believe when we were in- Arizona and my parents watched him for an evening. Like, oh my gosh. That's a I very guess long we time actually ago. went a couple weeks before all of this I remember happened. That. We were lucky that we did squeeze that in. So I am pretty grateful that we got that in. Yeah, but, no, that's so nice. Yeah. But even that though, it was like one time, oh, you know, yeah. it's not and like it was a couple are... months ago now at this point. Yeah. Totally. So I would say that's kind of my thing is that and then of course the other obvious comment to add to that is that it's not like all of a sudden poof, this is all gonna be better and we're all going to be normal. I mean, you hear things like, what, yesterday I got this update on my phone about the CDC saying, well, it's going to be even worse this winter with flu season and, you know, the whole coronavirus COVID-19. I'm not going to lie. That is freaking me out a little bit. Me too. Like, that's a little like the idea of the flu and this and Mm -hmm. all of it. I don't know. Yeah. Not mentally prepared. (laughs) Yeah. it's, It's just, it's just so much, right? So I think that sometimes I just feel... A little bit like it's kind of like riding a wave. Some days I'm just kind of in the in the grind, right? I'm just hanging with Emerson. We're just kind of cruising through. Maybe I'm cooking a meal or something. I made a fun meal the other night, so it was kind of like something like that kind of takes your mind off things. And then before you know it, you have like another like mood swing, and you're like, oh, this is awful, and you know, so. Yeah. Well, do you have any highs for the week? There has to be something good, right? <laughs> That's true. Some positives. Um, let me think. I would say just the high of the week is just really feeling better about navigating Emerson at this age and in part that was a conversation that I had with you Emma was just being able to say hey sometimes I really kind of struggle like what exactly can I do to entertain him certain things are a battle changing table is a battle which is actually a changing table and is now a mat on the floor let's be real he would jump off the changing table are um, you in that phase where he's just being just terrible to change a diaper oh my gosh it's it's I tears, will say it's just madness. I, I think that will get better again soon like that that ebbs and flows so much but a few weeks ago we went through a week or two where it was awful every single diaper change was just an epic meltdown but okay. just this week we're back to being okay so okay well you're slide so at the end of the tunnel yeah, and we're I'm usually about, on the same kind yep. of rhythm so I'm like yeah i think it's that behind you that like developmental leap and so it was re- i mean it was really frustrating to me i was just god i felt like a terrible parent but there was times where he was like in a good mood and i was like well i'm just gonna wait a little while to change his diaper because i don't want to do it i don't want to like upset the the little beast inside but it actually this week has gotten much better so okay fingers well, that's crossed good to hear because yeah. those kinds of things are just tough and so i just was kind of feeling like it was kind of battle after battle and even still like today getting him dressed to go on a walk like you would think that i was like asking him to like wear a straight jacket you know 
Well, I've seen y'all snowsuit things. I might okay, agree girl, there that was, they're a there, little... Okay, there was no snowsuit today. Thank oh, okay. you. Okay. Thank you. All right, fair like enough. 51. I'll give you that. Yeah, <laughs> fair enough. <laughs> but you're right. I do bundle him up like a snowman. That's true. Yeah. yeah. But yeah, I would just say trying to just kind of feel a little bit more confident with that. I've actually just done just a little bit of like light reading. I, I just found a few resources online and I listened to a, a French podcast about it. Actually, I listened to La Matricence, um, which is the French podcast I love. And it was an interview and, and there was discussion about just kind of some some various um, books that are that are helpful. So I ordered one on Amazon. I'm also looking into the two books you recommended to me also. Emma, yeah, the I'm in the middle of reading and... one of them, so... Mostly. It was Montessori Toddler, and what was the name of the other one? The Whole Brain Child. The Whole Brain Child. Okay, I'm reading cool. it right now, so I'll let you know if it's if it's worth the read. I always struggle with all these, like, I don't know, parenting-style books. Mm-hmm. I get, like, That's 10 true. pages in, and I'm just kind of rolling my eyes. Just well, because... they get a little black and white sometimes, I think. Yeah. Like the and... sleep training books, right? Absolutely. And sometimes they feel a little just, like, woo-woo, even when they're not. Like, this is supposed to be research-based, but just... It just feels like they're talking about this, like, like children are robots. And it's like, mm. well, if you do this, they're going to respond like this. And it was the same with uh, sleep training sleep, books or exactly. whatever. It's like, well, you do this, this, and this, and therefore your baby does this. I'm like, yeah, that's not how it's going. I and remember reading, Now like, I don't know what to do. Thumbing through Baby Wise and how they had, oh like, a schedule for a one-month-old. Like, I yeah. should take my copy of Baby Wise and, like literally donated it somewhere with the disclaimer of if your baby actually can follow the schedule you probably should buy a lottery ticket my sister-in-law gave it to me her copy and i don't think she really used it because i know she especially had a crappy sleeper with her second as well um but yeah i thumbed through it and i was like nope no no and i'm not dissing people that use it but yeah no actually in fact if you i mean that was just not my kid would you holler at me yeah like tell me how you did it because i am fascinated Yeah. We'll yeah. have to get into, we'll have a whole episode on that. Yeah, there's a sleep episode to come. Yeah. But yeah, so basically just trying to, it, it, you're right, they do get a little woo-woo the books, I admit that. But, you know, just trying to inform myself a little bit more. What are some developmental things? My mom actually gave me a book that she actually read when I was little. It's interesting. And so I, she ordered that for me on Amazon. So I've been reading that. It's a little bit dated, but it's also interesting. And, and they say you're one-year-old, and they classify a one-year-old 12 to 24 months, fun, loving, and fussy. And I was like, uh, yeah. That, pretty yeah. much sums it up and I do think it was, it's been really helpful for me to break down just where he is developmentally and understanding like when he gets so frustrated he doesn't have the words for what he wants totally. or what he you know and he's sitting there pointing at stuff or he's just not like he doesn't have the, the language to express how he feels mm-hmm. and so you know yes while it's frustrating that he's having a little mini meltdown over something silly or you know I won't let him grab a knife or something like god forbid I'm the worst mother in the world you're terrible I know I'm awful but, you know, today I wouldn't let him eat rocks and you were, you know, saying that was no fun either. Yeah, but, it's really no fun. Yeah. yeah. But, you know, it is helpful just to understand how they see things and where they're at developmentally and what's realistic expectations for me to have for their behavior. Mm-hmm. Because sometimes you want them to be like, just listen to me. And when I say no, understand I'm trying to protect you or, or whatever. But that's not where they're at. And so just understanding that a little bit more has been helpful for me just to lower my as I said, my expectations and that just it's been helpful. It really is. No, that's such a great point. I was I was chatting about this topic actually with my with my counselor last week. I was doing like a telehealth appointment and I was saying to her that, you know, sometimes I just feel this guilt. You know, I feel like I should be doing so many more things for Emerson and, you know, is this enough? He's not getting any socialization with friends or family or, you know, the couple of nannies that come by, etc. And she was like, Whoa, 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 Mackenzie. Like keep in mind he is fourteen months old. He has a loving mother and a loving father who interact with him on a daily basis. Like, he is very well taken care of. And she just, like, basically scaled it back to that. Like, wait a second. Right now, like, yes, you could add in more. She goes, but be real. Music class, activities out are also very much for the mom or the caretaker or the dad, right? It's not just for the kid because, you know, they're already growing and developing and changing just simply by being around, you know, their parent or their parents. And I was like, okay, that's good. You know, it's good to remember. Well, we've talked about that a lot. My husband constantly points out, I'll say, well, I just feel like he's bored. And he's always like, do you feel like he's bored or you're bored? And truthfully, most of the time I'm bored, you know. So it's just a part of it. But it's something we're both working through. And this new stage, you know, we went from having babies to now these are little toddlers. And it's a learning curve for all of us. So I think we're all just doing our best. I agree. And it does help. The more you can kind of educate yourself about the stages and chat with a friend about it who's in a similar place or learn a little more about it, I, I think that, that that's what always helps me. So the more that I learn about it, the more I realize, wait a second, I'm 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 actually not as far off on this as I think I am. You know, or like 
oh, it, it, it's, you know, your kid's crying on the changing table too. Okay, cool. You know, there's just yeah, some, cool. some solidarity. It's not just that, me. So. Absolutely. So I just chatted a long time. What about you, mama? Oh, I have nothing big. Um, I would say, I guess my lows of the week have been, um, I don't, we just had a lot of local stuff going on with all this COVID-19 stuff. Our, I don't even want to get into politics, but our charming governor mm. basically lifted Mm-mm. a bunch of restrictions and now are allowing like gyms and bowling alleys and hair salons and all, you know, all this stuff to open, which it's just been like really stressful here. There's a big divide and like, it's put a lot of pressure on small business owners to financially they need to open like my gym owner I've, I've just been really down because like I see my gym owner personally really struggling with the fact that financially if he continues to wait much longer he may not be able to reopen you know and this is his livelihood it's his family it's his house it's his everything and yet he wants to do the right thing by not opening because pretty much nobody feels like it's the right time mm. um, based on really you know medical advice and so it's just it's just been sad I guess to me to see a lot of people arguing and a lot of business owners having to put basically money versus, you know, people's health and what they feel like is doing the right thing. And it's just been kind of a, a Debbie downer. So that's been kind of a low. That is tough. That is very tough. Yeah. yeah and it's, it's so political. I mean, you know, I feel like anybody that, that, you know, talks about aspects of this with somebody else, especially if there's already a little bit of a political divide in the family or, or the person, person to person conversation already, Oh my gosh, it just gets so supercharged, you know? Well, and this one's just gotten funnier because our governor is Republican and he's the one that issued the, you know, in no, none of the local mayors or anything can overturn it, but he issued that things can reopen on Friday. And everybody has been like, well, you know, he's doing this. He follows Trump. He's kind of Trump's little mini me. And then Trump came out yesterday and said he completely disagreed with what our state was doing so we just look really stupid like the state in general just looks mm-hmm. like a hot mess and anyway i said i don't even want to get political on here but it just feels like a hot mess but more than that i just really um have seen it put a lot of pressure on you know a lot of business owners that i care about and that's just just sad it's just been it's a hard hard week sure. and all that a lot of drama but um and i'd say my high though is I don't know. I had a really bad week last week with all of this. I just was not in a good place and I was struggling day to day. I was really snippy with my husband. I was just not like, not my best self. And this week I've just really had a good mindset shift and nothing has changed. Everything is the same like day to day. But I just, this weekend kind of did some or this past weekend did just like soul searching and I kind of uh, talked uh, about uh, it with you. I saw you eating peanut butter out of a jar today on Instagram. I did. Does that have and anything to do with that? That has everything that, that to do with it. often shifts my mood, just as a side It note. does. It does. Yep. Absolutely. But yeah, mm-hmm. I've just, I don't know. I just took a deep breath and just, again, had to kind of check myself and go back to some gratitude and and readjust. Again, expectations, I think, are the theme of this week is readjusting expectations to what things are right now and just for being sure. okay with doing our best. And, and for that, I've actually just had a really good week. I've just been pretty relaxed and pretty happy day to day and actually had a ton of fun with Owen and yeah so it's just been a good week on that front so mentally I have been much more sound and I'm sure next week I'll go back to being a hot mess but I'm going to take the win for today yeah and hey you never know next week I could be feeling even better so then we can I can just be there to boost we do seem to like be able to (laughs) pick each other up on the days we're down so I'm I am also grateful to have that so all the gratitude so well, cool. So uh, one thing that we did just want to mention that we we said we weren't going to talk much more about breast milk, and we promise we'll keep it brief, but we did just want to share with with everybody, with our listeners, that Emma and I, both of us, did end up donating our breast milk. We mentioned this just kind of a little a comment or something, I believe, on Instagram as well, but we just wanted to share that that is a possibility for mamas who have a little bit of extra milk, and as, as we shared, I definitely had what would be probably classified as a classic oversupply but Emma, you said that you wouldn't even have called yours that, but yet you still were able to donate quite a lot no, of milk yourself. Yeah, I definitely did not have an oversupply. My kid just didn't really want to take a bottle. So a lot of the times I would just pump when he, when I was away, when I was at work, and he just really wouldn't take it out of a bottle very often or he wouldn't take very much. So I definitely, and I didn't get very much when I pumped. I only got maybe a few ounces at a time. So mm-hmm. it was just through some extra pumping sessions, you know, right before bed, I would maybe pump a little extra because I was always, 
I had a little bit of a worry of like, I need a freezer stash. I need a freezer mm-hmm. stash, which mm-hmm. was probably unnecessary. But the great thing about it was, as I did end up, I was able to donate to a mama locally um, through the human milk for human babies. Yep. No, that that's exactly called? what I use. Yeah. It's okay. H. Yep. So it's HM and then the number four and then HB. So human yep. milk for human babies. Yep. yep. And there's one for so, every state on Instagram. Absolutely. On, uh, yep. Facebook. The, Facebook. Yep. So I was in the Facebook group and I saw somebody pop up here and it was actually an adoptive mom that was here for the month. They have to stay legally like in the area for the month until everything goes through. And so she was looking for some breast milk for her adopted baby. And I was super happy to meet with her and be able to donate. And then another time I actually had my husband has a good friend that lives in Texas, but still owns a business here. And she had had to fly back here for an emergency situation and was having trouble keeping up. And I was fortunate enough just to have some that I was able to donate to her. And she was able to keep baby on breast milk the entire time they were here. So that was just a cool experience. And I know it helped relieve some stress for her. So, and I know you did kind of the same, right? Exactly. Yeah. I had a few women through Facebook that I didn't know really personally, but I was able to donate to. And then one woman I actually donated um, to her on three occasions. So that was neat. And then um, was able to donate to somebody that my husband and I knew as well. So that was kind of unique, getting to be, you know, someone you know. There's something really nice about that, as, as, as well as the experience you had too, Emma. And then when I was in Arizona for, for about a month, I had extra milk from that experience. And I was able to touch base with Alicia Peterson, who, again, we interviewed in episode 10. And she was able to connect me with one of her friends who had just had a baby. So I was able to donate the milk there. So... We just wanted to to share this because it can be a really positive thing. And one other thing to keep in mind, and this is what I think I would love to do if, if we have a second baby, although after this week, Emerson might be an only child. Um, <laughs> that just ebbs and flows too. <laughs> <laughs> but um, I believe that moms can actually go and get like certain blood testing done and they can be cleared to donate their breast milk to hospitals for preemies, which is really cool. Yep. There's a lot so, of different options there. Yeah. So we're just passing that information along yep. because it was something we did not mention and we, th- we feel pretty strongly was, you know, an amazing gift that you can give if that is your situation. Or also if you need it to keep in mind, yes, you can absolutely. check out. So even mm-hmm. if you're doing formula, but you want to substitute a little bit of, of breast milk, like, oh, great, this this is an option. So yeah, during cold yeah. and flu season or something and exactly. you, know, you want a little extra immune boost, but yep, great cool. option. So Thanks for sharing that. So we are going to jump into our conversation today. So we, uh, this is kind of a, I don't want to say controversial, but it seemed like a emotional decision to a degree. And I think some of that had to do with being in the online world and seeing so much back and forth. forth. Yeah. About, about feeding, introducing solids to babies. Um, so why don't you share a little bit about, I guess, your experience? Um, you know, when did you decide to start solids? What kind of research did you do before and what kind of went into some of your decision-making? Yeah. So I was, I only really heard about baby led weaning when Emerson was born. It wasn't something that I had been exposed to prior, which is interesting. I just, no one had ever mentioned it. No friends It hadn't really come up. And so I wasn't aware that that was really an option. In my back of my mind, I guess I always just thought purees would be the way to go. And I didn't really know the timeline either of introducing solids until I was, you know, obviously had Emerson and started going through the, the appointments with the pediatrician. And my pediatrician said, you know, started around six months. So that was what I did. And then I did a little bit of research and realized six months is pretty much when you start. So I felt comfortable with, with um, solid food as a start date at around six months. And then I asked her, you know, you know, kind of her recommendations on, on puree. And she's like, well, generally, you know, you start with baby cereal and breast milk and then you can do purees of, you know, fruits and vegetables and and just kind of go from there. So she made me feel, and I felt very good about her. So she made me feel very comfortable about it. And I did look into a little bit of baby led weaning just because I was curious about it, but my research was, was minimal, right? I didn't take a class. I didn't, um, I do, oh, I did buy one book, but that was actually after we started doing the puree. So that wouldn't count as, as something I researched prior. Um, before we started the purees though, I did receive a book from a good friend of mine and it's just a simple title, Organic Baby Food. And it's all about making your own purees. And it talks about, it even compares baby lid winning to purees. Gave me some information about that. Gave me some tips on how to do that. So that was how we decided, you know what, we're just going to, we're going to do the, the cereal and we're going to see how that goes. And then we're going to start introducing him to various purees. And then I do also have a couple little 
stories or examples of a few moments along those first few weeks where I did some baby led weaning, um, kind of attempts, you could say, but it, it really did. It just didn't, I would say just, it didn't work for me slash it kind of freaked me out. So I gave him a whole banana to play with one time and he really seemed to have a lot of fun with it, but I just kept, I just felt so nervous, like a pit in my stomach nervous every time that I would see him kind of take a bigger bite of it or whatever. And then I gave him cucumber because I read in the book their their gums aren't aren't really hard enough to break off a piece. Well, Emerson's were. So he clamped down on a piece of cucumber. He gagged on it. I watched the YouTube video, so I knew it was gagging, not choking. But he has a very strong gag reflex. And so he ended up throwing up not only that little piece of cucumber, but all of the breast milk he had drank. And it was all over the counter and the floor. And I was so nervous. He was fine, but it really freaked me out. And I just decided, oh, in a similar kind of experience with an avocado slice. And so I just said, you know what? I I need to do what makes me feel comfortable as a mom. And right now that is cereal and that is purees. And, and some moms would say, yeah, my baby did that. And we just jumped right back in with another piece of food. But for me, it was just, I just wasn't comfortable with it. So I kind of trusted my gut, how I felt as a mom. And that was why we started out as we did. So yeah, that's kind of my background. What about oh. you, Emma? Um, yeah, so I knew I knew nothing about babies in general before I had a baby, so definitely had no understanding of baby led weaning versus traditional. I didn't know there was multiple routes, to be honest. I had really only been exposed to, you know, moms doing the baby food jar thing and, you know, open up, here's the airplane. That was like my idea of what feeding a baby was. Um, so I guess when I when I started researching, I came across somehow, who knows, in the Google sphere, um, baby led weaning, and I just, you know, started following a few accounts and, and reading a little bit, and I stumbled upon the account Feeding Littles, and the more I read, the more it just really resonated with me. Um, I I didn't, I don't, I don't know what it was exactly, but there was something just about their approach that just made sense to me about letting him kind of feed himself, I guess, and be in charge of his own um, eating. And that really resonated. So we, we spoke to my pediatrician and he is actually very, he really didn't have one opinion one way or the other. I said, well, I'm kind of interested in baby led weaning. He said, great. Okay. Start six months. And I do think that's interesting though, because there's still a lot of pediatricians that recommend four months. Um, so I do find it interesting hearing the different yeah, mine times. never said, yeah, four months was like a not an option. Yeah, no, mine, I mean, I don't want to bash because there may be plenty of people that listen to this that started their baby at four months, but actually that's fairly outdated research from, you know, the medical studies that I've looked at um, and that it is better to wait until six months till baby's digestive system is just a little bit more developed, but neither and here also nor I've there. Heard, I've heard too, like with head control and just kind mm-hmm. of ability They're more to likely to the choke. textures. Yeah, yeah, even on purees and stuff because they don't have the trunk control to be able to like sit up and push it out if they need to. So I, you know, that's just my PSA on that. It's just do your research. I think that's just important for anybody. But anyway, so we just decided to, I decided to take the Feeding Littles course. They have a little online course and I ordered a couple of books, one being the original Baby Led Weaning by, I can't remember the name of the guy and I should have looked it up beforehand. But anyway, I can put it in the notes. And then there was another one, God, I'm winning. It's called Born to Eat. And they were both really, really helpful and just, again, made sense in my head. And we decided this was the route we were going to take. And yeah, I will be honest, though, just as you said, it was very nerve wracking when we started. I I was talking this big old game of, OK, this is what we're going to do. And I think I started him off with some avocado slices and I, I think he was fine. But I almost threw up the first few times we fed him out of nervousness. But um, either way, that was kind of the research we did leading up to it. And yeah, just what we decided to jump into. I can say my husband did just kind of take my lead. And he looked at me like I was a little bit crazy when I started uh, feeding our baby, you know, kind of normal food. But he's he's always been super supportive and really trusted my lead on it. And I'm grateful for that. So yeah, that's awesome. And would you say overall, it's been or I would say, let's start maybe not overall, but the first few few weeks and with it did was it positive was it something that you could you know you felt like Owen was was really enjoying what what would you say yeah it was it was great for us and it's been very interesting to hear everybody's opinion because I will say it was hard for me talking about it with people especially in the online world because there was a lot of 
divide of like, if you are doing baby led weaning, that is the only way to do it. And I think it's just that, you know, if you do research and you make a decision and you feel passionate about it, and then somebody else does something differently, it makes you feel like you're right and they're wrong or they're right and they're saying you're wrong. And so that's what's been kind of fun about me and you doing a different thing is Mm -hmm. it was nice to have to see you doing something that was different and make me realize, you know, she's a loving mom. Her child is getting nourished in the exact same ways. And it just is what works for that child and that parent, because there's multiple factors. It's not just like, what is the right way to do things? It's, you know, what's, what's good with the baby developmentally. I know a lot of kids that do have a super strong gag reflex. And I'll say we were really lucky that Owen did not. We had a few gagging incidents. Like you can look up YouTube videos on gagging versus choking, which we did. I will also say um, we are both infant CPR certified so we made sure to know those things before we went into it if god forbid anything happens I will also say statistically um, they were no more likely to get or to actually choke on solid foods as they would purees um, so that made it was comforting for me to know mm-hmm. but we did all of, that too yeah. yeah so we did all those things first so we felt prepared but he did the first couple weeks you know there was a couple of gags and what was always interesting though was he was fine he was never frazzled by anything but mm-hmm. he does have I would say not a severe gag reflex and what I learned was I got to know him and I knew what he could handle. I watched mm-hmm. him and I saw him maneuver food and I saw him learning to take, you know, bites and chew and do things where some kids, you know, weren't doing that. So that was just something that I, I got to really trust him and know the way he was handling foods. And I cut foods accordingly. Um, like I gave Owen cucumbers and he did bite off pieces, but I actually didn't make me super nervous because I saw him navigate them well. Mm-hmm. So that was just, you know, within our comfort zone. And and yeah, so I, I would say the first few weeks, the funny thing was, though, I was so eager to start foods. I was like, oh, my gosh, here we go. You know, he's just going to be sitting next to me in no time with his little fork and eating all of my organic kale and salmon. And the first month, though, honestly, they play with food. Like with baby led weaning, I would say until seven and a half months, there was not a lot of actual eating. So, mm, and, and that was an interesting difference. Yeah. Uh, yeah, definitely. And it was a little discouraging at first, but the more, you know, I, I had a lot of confidence in the course I took and being in that Facebook group was very supportive. And that was just very common. And it was letting kids play and letting them explore mm-hmm. with sensory development. And so he would start with first just playing food and learning to pick it up. And then it was, you know, bringing it to his mouth. And then it was, you know, maybe putting it in his mouth, but then he'd spit it out. It, but it was fascinating to watch it develop over time and watch him learn to go from you know picking it up to putting it in his mouth to chewing to actually eating and swallowing food so it was just a fun experience but honestly I'd say he wasn't really eating eating a lot until nine months ten months Mm. and we started with just one meal so from six to seven and a half months we just did breakfast that's all we did the rest we were nursing as normal so I would always nurse him 30 to 45 minutes before a meal because you don't want him to be too hungry and then I'd give him you know his solid meals and then yeah and then seven and a half months we introduced two meals and at nine months we introduced three meals and then at a year we started doing some snacks so that was kind of the um, progression for us but yeah it was it was a good experience we didn't have any horrible things happen or any major choking incidents it was funny when we went to like Thanksgiving with my in-laws and stuff like that they everybody looked at me like I lost my mind that I was giving my kid like turkey and all the real stuff at his age but um, it's been very cool to watch and we've we've had a, a good experience through that that's awesome yeah I would say that the um, this is a, a pretty big difference between purees and baby led weaning is that of course, Emerson didn't like every flavor of puree, so don't get me wrong. Um, there were some that he didn't like and didn't want to eat. For example, pureed edamame actually made him throw up, speaking of gag reflex. Mm-hmm. He had one bite and threw it all up. <laughs> so, um, but um, once, you know, I found a few purees that he really seemed to like. And like I said, I made them all at home. So I just used my Vitamix and I would just steam various vegetables and fruits and I would just put them, you know, steam them on the stove, and then I would, or I would bake them in the oven, one or the other. I would never do, um, I would, and I would only steam them using a steamer. I didn't just put them in boiling water too, because I wanted to preserve the nutrients. And then I would just put them in the Vitamix, mix them all up, reserve a small portion of that just to use in the fridge over the next couple of days, and then pour the rest of the puree into ice cube trays. 
And then I would freeze the ice cube trays and then pop out the ice cubes and put them in a Ziploc bag and label it with the date and the food item. So that was how I did it. I am far too lazy for that. I'll be honest. That was part of it too, is I didn't want to do that. Like I just gave Owen little bites of whatever I was eating that were like inappropriate sizes or, you know, texture or whatever. I had zero desire in making baby food. Yeah, it was, it was something I did. So I did it pretty well with, without, without fail for the first three months. So six to nine months was just only purees that I homemade with the organic ingredients that I wanted to use. And then right around that nine month mark, we traveled to Atlanta for Thanksgiving. And so at that time of that nine month, 10 month marks, kind of between then, and then just obviously the nature of traveling, I wasn't bringing purees. I wasn't going to go into, you know, my sister-in-law's house and my in-law's house and, and ask them for a blender and all that. So we did a few pouches then. We just picked the organic pouches. And then by that time though, he was eating other foods as well. It wasn't strictly purees. So, but yeah, no, I found that, I mean, it, it does sound like a lot of work, but for me it was just, it's almost kind of like a meal prep thing, right? So like you make it and it's a big batch. So like I would go and I would just make a couple purees. So it just ended up being like the use of of some free time, but it really truly wasn't as time consuming as, as it might have seemed. But we'll see. My child hates the blender, so that would have been a whole different oh, dilemma. That's so. true, girl. That is true. Yeah. He doesn't mm-hmm. like it. Yeah, Mercy just stares still, at it. Still freaks out. So. Still, I know. Still, yeah. But anyway. But hmm. but yeah. So it was it was neat because the thing that I the thing I liked about the purees is I liked that he was consuming them like right from the beginning, and so like I would I I love that I knew what type of nutrients he was he was getting and he was eating them. And so that was positive. It was, of course, all spoon-fed, though. I mean, that was the first couple months was spoon-feeding him. And then starting at around eight months, we started to introduce the puffs. So once they can crawl, they say the puffs are good. And so I watched him, like, working on that with his little grasp. And it was just so cute because he just started to really develop that pincher grasp. And then once, you know, he kind of got that down, then it was like, all right, we're going to try some other stuff, too. So we did, like, blueberries cut in half. I still cut them in half. Um, You know, various, like other little like pieces of food just cut up small for him um loved cheese loves he still absolutely loves cheese so we did lots of cheese and so I started just feeling myself a little bit more comfortable and I would say by about nine months I mean he wasn't eating obviously every single thing that we were eating but I was feeling more comfortable putting different types of foods in front of him so that was that was kind of neat it was kind of like my confidence was built up because you know, that really is a good point, Emma, about the about how every baby really is different and every parent and parent's interests too, right? Like I, I wanted to make purees. For some reason it sounds silly, but I was excited to do that. Right? Oh, but I think that was like the vision you had of like, yeah. you know, feeding your baby and, and that's yeah, totally fine. Yeah. yeah. And I think, you know, mom's anxiety level is because I will say baby led weaning, like you have to be able to stay a little like cool, calm and collected and and, and that's not to say you're not, but I do think just like a mother's general anxiety level over that kind of stuff makes a big difference. And if it's not something that you feel okay about, I, I do always think babies kind of pick up on that too. And oh, so, you know, that kind of feeds off each other. And again, some kids have way more sensitive gag reflexes. So like if Owen had, you know, thrown up 10 times on me, like I know some moms in, in my online group push through that. They just are like, yeah, they, wow. you know, and they stopped within a month. But, you know, I might have made a different choice. Who knows? But for us, it was just, you know, a fairly smooth, smooth sailing experience, I suppose. So, Yeah, and I think that, too, I, I, you know, obviously my husband being in the emergency room, like he... He definitely will share stories occasionally and he, he you know, had a couple a couple stories and one very tragic one. This does not have to do with baby led weaning. Okay, this is an, it was an older child, I would say a toddler, not not a, not a you know, a 6-month-old, 7-month-old, but um just a couple couple stories of choking and so that, you know, I realize this is not at all a tie to baby led weaning. This is a separate. However, it did fill me with some fear, right? So I started to just feel a little nervous and then when he gagged on the cucumber and threw everything up. And then similarly, a thing happened with an avocado like about a week later. I just was like, you know what? Like this just doesn't, it just doesn't feel right to me. It was just kind of, I don't know. It was like a little like me gut check. And maybe you're right. Maybe if I was a different type of a mom or if if I was a little bit more laid back or if I was like, oh yeah, it's no big, you know, in in the sense of like his particular gag reflex and the way that he was as a baby. Yeah, I might have I might have gone about it differently, but I think that it's pretty important for every mom to just kind of check in with herself. Like, how how do you want to feed your baby? What works best for your family? And you you made a great point, Emma, in mentioning you were only doing one meal a day at the beginning. Us too. 
you know, like you've got to find well, what work, you know, works for your And family, it was important. Right? I mean, you know, our pediatrician pointed out multiple times that at that age, the breast milk should still be their primary. Mm-hmm. And so we did take it slow. And we did, even there was a time where, I want to say around nine or 10 months, that he suddenly cut back on milk and it was because we were doing more food and I actually decided to pull back on the food some because, you know, they recommended he really still needed to at least get X amount of milk per day. And I don't even know if that was just kind of a little, I won't say nursing strike, but just a little phase he was going through. But yeah, we took it really slow and so it wasn't, it wasn't rushed. It wasn't pressure. And I think that was the thing that I felt good about is that Oddly enough, I'm so I'm a nutrition coach. I work with a lot of people on nutrition. It's, you know, a big passion of mine. And yet I wasn't overly concerned about the nutrients he was getting. I guess from the all the information I read at that age, he was getting everything he needed from breast milk. And so I just wasn't stressed. I didn't feel the pressure to, you know, make sure he was eating his vegetables or make sure he was getting his proteins or his whatever. I just kind of wanted to let him navigate it and not have pressure around that situation for for me personally yeah and I think that's that's awesome because I I realized that you know the more that Emerson was obviously eating you know some purees and stuff but he it was it was like you said the majority was coming from breast milk you know so that's and then an interesting thing and and I don't know if this is something that uh, like if if a pro baby led weaning stance would say is now Emerson does not really want to be spoon fed much sometimes I'll, I'll still spoon him a little bit of cereal Mm-hmm. Um, that I put a little peanut butter in or, or yogurt and we're working on him using a spoon, but basically when I give him a spoon, it ends up everywhere. So if I don't want to, you know, do a deep clean of the kitchen, I use, I spoon it myself. But I find that now that he's not wanting as many purees, he's also not really wanting as many vegetables. So yeah. it's, you know, it's a little more challenging for me to get the vegetables. I find myself tucking, you know, zucchini into his um, into his lasagna and putting spinach into his egg omelet. And I find that I'm doing kind of some of those things. And in my mind, I just thought I would have a kid that would sit down, like you said, and eat kale. So that's not quite happening. So I don't know if that is a result of me not exposing him to vegetables in more of a whole form at the beginning. But I guess that feels See, like maybe- but Owen doesn't still eat a ton of vegetables. Yeah, and I feel like I'd be reading into I just it a little too much. Don't stress over it. I guess I just... That is something, so, you know, to get into, we're going to kind of jump ahead since we're just on that topic of just like mm-hmm. what really resonated with me with baby led weaning. And I think some of it could go back to, you know, my own issues around eating and food and kind of going through some eating disorder and stuff is that I just wanted him to have like autonomy over over what he ate. I really have a lot of faith in that kids get what they need. And that, you know, it's really as they get into society and the weird pressure we put around food that they get screwed up. And so I feel really calm and comfortable and just being like, he's going to get what he needs. And I offer vegetables at every meal and sometimes eat some and sometimes eats none and sometimes he throws them at the dog. And so it just really depends. But shockingly, as somebody who can get worked up about food and nutrition for myself. Like I have a little bit of a hard time if I'm not getting X amount of vegetables, that's my own baggage that I still have to think through sometimes. I really just didn't want to do that with him. I really felt personally, I wanted a fresh start with him and just to relax and let him offer him options. And the whole phrase that Feeding Little uses is you provide, they decide. And so I really follow that philosophy and feeding him is that I'm going to provide X, Y, and Z. And those are his options. I will also say he eats what we eat. And if he doesn't like it for the most part, I don't go grab other stuff. There's no, I've never done any of that. Um, he generally eats some adaptation. And that being said, I always offer something I think he will like, like he might get a serving of fruit at dinner, which we are not eating, but I, I kind of refuse to be a short order cook. That's something that I feel pretty passionate about. And Hey, Mamas right now that have older kids may be like, uh-huh, you say that now. And you might be very correct. I obviously only have my experience with the 15-month-old. But yeah, I just, I, I don't really want to do that. So I really follow the philosophy of like, I provide these options. And he has the choice over what to eat, how much to eat, whether he wants any of it, whether he wants none of it. 
Um, and yeah, as he gets older, I hope to include him in those decisions. I think another thing that I was really big about is inc- like having family meals. So from the beginning, and I think this was something that really helped him develop eating skills pretty quickly, is that we always ate with him. Um, every meal, it was never one of us feeding him and then we're not eating. It was we pulled him up in his high chair to the family table and we all had breakfast together. And then it was we had lunch together, then we had dinner together and he ate and we ate and there was never... I guess the pressure over, come on, buddy, one more bite or, you know, those kind of little things that for whatever reason turned me off a bit. Um, So, yeah, I think that was just some of the things about the whole baby led weaning that just resonated really, really strong with me. And, you know, still to this point, we just kind of let him let him do his thing. He's in charge of the amount he eats and what he eats. And we try to offer, you know, mostly really high quality options. And yeah, so far, it's been a good experience. That's awesome. It's it's really so neat how I love I always love hearing your perspective on this and how you feel about things and I know that we talk about it so often. So for me this is some things that certainly I've heard you say, but you know, it's just it's really it's really cool to hear because these are things that I also like and I, I and I like to, you know, take take what you say and think, "Hey, you know, how how are we already doing some of that? How are we not doing some of that? And if we're not doing it, what are we doing differently?" And and that's like honestly the really neat thing about this conversation. So for us with with feeding him, I would say we did not sit down as a family until, well, okay, so let me start by saying when he was having one meal a day, it was generally like I would have already eaten, for example, and then I would feed him because it was it was spoon feeding him puree. So I would say the first couple months, months, probably, you know, six, seven, were definitely like it was his one meal was like his meal. So he would sit down and I would feed him. And of course, I'm interacting with him, but that was that. And then when he started going to, you know, a couple meals a day, at times, yeah, I would be having my meal while feeding him. He would always be next to me. So it wasn't so much like a, you know, a meal together. Of course, you know, if my husband happened to be home, he and I would be eating together and Emerson would be there. But I would say that having the structured meals of like, you know, we're sitting down and we're eating together with him, probably about the 11 to 12 month mark, right around when he was having his three meals a day is, is for us where we started saying, okay, this is, this is, you know, we're sitting down, he's eating, we're eating, and we're eating similar things. And that's something that is just completely the norm now. So it wasn't so much at the beginning, but now it's it's just how we do things. So we have our three meals a day. If my husband is home for whatever meal of the day, he's with us. If he's not home, it's just me and Emerson. And so that's that's how we do that. And then I would say a difference in terms of how I feel about what he eats and the provide and decide. So I really like that approach. I think it's actually, it takes some of the pressure off of mom. I don't know why I feel this way. And this is probably, would probably be worth me like actually really starting to contemplate and really reflect on. But I feel that I would like him, I feel better when he eats at every meal. And I realize maybe that's just making me feel better as a mom. But I prefer to say, okay, we're sitting down this meal. Like I want you to have something that you like so that there's food in your tummy and that you're a happy kiddo. And so what I'll do is I'll provide him with, you know, things again, just like you said, Emma, that you know he likes. But I do if he like refuses what I offer. Like I so for example, breakfast I'll give him like an omelet and then or a um, a little mini quiche and then I'll have some fruits. Let's say he just doesn't want the quiche at all, throws it on the floor. Then he eats a couple bites of banana and like two blueberries. And then he like seems like that's all he wants. I might then get an avocado and offer him a few like little pieces of avocado. And if he gobbles those up, I'll give him maybe a couple more and that'll be that. I'm not running back to the fridge six times, but I will want to say, okay, gosh, he only ate like one bite of quiche and then like two blueberries. And so then I'll do that. Um, And then I generally have for him, it's some of the food is what we eat, but like just the other night we had chili and salad. I offered him some of the, of the chili, little beans, little, you know, all the cooked vegetables, pieces of meat. And he puts his hand on it, smears it all over the high chair, throws it on the floor. and doesn't want a single bite of it. And I'm like, all right, I, mean, I know you like carrots. I know you like beef sometimes, occasionally. Um, but if I were to then just say, well, I provided and he didn't, he decided no, like he would have eaten nothing. So then for me, I go and I say, all right, well, what's our next option? We have a little bit of lasagna that I know he likes, so I'll give him some of that. We have a little bit of cheese, for example. So that's kind of how how we do it. It It is, quite frankly, a bit more of a short order chef because I am, 
often popping back to the fridge, but I kind of set up like what is his food for the evening. And I see, and I, I think hear you just on the only too. difference for us is like, so like if we had that chili, so I would get, so if there's a new food, I'm going to always offer it, but then I usually offer it with a couple other familiar foods. So maybe mm-hmm. at that meal, I would have had like the chili, but then I also would have had some like diced avocado and some fruit. And so to me, that way, like that is his plate. I'm not going to run back and forth and get different stuff, but you know, there, there's a new food, but then there's a couple of familiar foods. And to me, those are his options. And if he wants to eat, he wants to eat. I think my fear with doing, and again, like I'm sure we could both delve like psychologically into why we make these decisions. I think my thing is, I, I do believe a lot in, I guess not trusting their hunger cues and like continuing to like, push food on them I guess and I don't want to do that and so to me like if he doesn't seem hungry I don't want to keep kind of like trying to push him to food because I can just say from my experience working with adults if you keep changing the the you know go from sweet to savory to this and that those just constantly changing variables of taste and sensation can overrule hunger cues and so I guess that's my fear and like continuing to do that is like, you know, he eats a little on his plate and whatever. And when I keep kind of adding new variables, that's actually overruling his hunger cues because he's like, oh, well, it's a different taste and it's a different this. And so that's that's, I guess, my hmm. my understanding. And the reason I I don't personally like like doing that beyond the fact that I'm also, again, lazy and I'm not going to get up for my meal 10 times. No, but that's but, interesting. Yeah. That's a good point. Yeah, yeah I. I would say certainly, like, when he's done, like, that's one thing that we have never, like, had to play guesswork. When Emerson is done with either a food or his meal, like, it is – so, no, there's never, like, a prying open his jaw or anything, you know, And I think that's great. Like, and I think closed door, you know. And I think so. some of mine is also probably coming from – so, I've been around some grandparents – that like I see them literally trying to force feed. Like mm. I have a friend that like the grandparent, yeah, the grandparents. It was just constant. No, you can't leave until you finish your mm. plate. Oh no, no you no, can't. No. And I'm really, life. really, really anti against that. I just I don't think that's a great way to to teach kids around food. I like it to be really low pressure. And and I actually don't compliment him when he does good. I try to just let him do his thing. And that's getting harder as a toddler because obviously I have to sometimes correct throwing behavior. But I try not to overly praise when he eats the vegetable. Like, I just want to let food be neutral, you know, yeah. and let him no, navigate that point. and just kind of, as much as anything, stay out of his way and, and make it fun and make it a family experience. I love that, you know, he can grab stuff off my plate and eat it if he wants to. Like, we, you know, do some of that. So, anyway, so that's just, that's where some of that comes from on no, my it's, side. It's mm-hmm. interesting. And I think And that's what's been yeah. fun to compare is just here you know, our wise behind the way we view these things and can definitely absolutely learn from each other. And that's been super fun to see. Oh, no, for sure. Because I remember even just a couple of times we were talking like kind of constipation. You were asking kind of what we do. And I told you, well, this broccoli apple kind of puree has been like a slam dunk for us. Or like, you know, we can just chat about a couple of things like that. Yeah, and you, pears you, have been our jam. We eat daily oh, pears, yeah, pears to help with yeah. that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I remember you telling me about that. And then I actually did that. I did a pear yep. broccoli puree. Mm-hmm. Um, and I find that, you know, it's just, it's just fun. It's fun to find out, Hey, what are you eating? And I just, the other day I was like telling you, girl, like, do this half the meal ever end up on the floor? And you were like, yes. And I was like, okay, oh, yeah. because you know, there's something comforting about that. And then also the, you know, I think too, realizing like every family like structure is, is going to be different. Right. So obviously you and I are home with the boys during the day. Well now all the time, but normally also all the time, um, five days out of seven. And so you know, we get the opportunity to sit down with them and have a meal in that sense. And that's something that, you know, obviously we really value. But I would think like, for example, if, you know, a mom or dad, they're at work and then the baby's having the meal at daycare and then, you know, dinner, like maybe dad's home later and then mom needs to do dinner earlier. And then, you know, I feel oh, like yeah, it doesn't work for so many families. Yeah. And I mean, we have adjusted. We probably eat later than Owen should. Most people I know are talking about feeding their kids at 530. We don't eat till 7. And the reason we do that, which maybe it's not the best choice for Owen, but we do it because we want to eat as a family because that's something that I value a lot. So again, that doesn't work for every family or, you know, it's not always ideal even for us because then we're kind of rushing around afterwards. Yeah, but you guys and, do it. But you do a great job, though, girl, with your snacks. Yeah. Because yeah, you, I mean, you guys have like your, you know what I mean? You've taught me that. I mean, the amount of I've puffs been. that we both eat that are bombas, not puffs, but bombas. <laughs> bombas. If, yeah. if, 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 if you're not familiar with bombas, 
I recommend a quick Amazon Prime mm-hmm. order of Bombas, B-A-M-B-A. And yes, you can thank us. I wish Bombas was sponsoring this episode. I know. So I would like to take a that. bath in Bombas. I know. God, they're so good. I, it makes me feel so much better that when you got them, you really mm. liked them too. Because I was like, why am I no, addicted no. to eating Girl, these silly like kids puffs? We have one third of one bag remaining. And I'm like, they have them at my Target. going to eat it. I want to like put it under my pillow. Yeah, we got them at Target. And I actually went the other day and got like a pickup. They bring it out to the car. Just mm. so I could get some Bombas. <laughs> <laughs> that was your whole reason. Yeah, I totally. I mean, I think I went and got like Bombas and Lacroix. So yeah, it was it was a, it was an essential purchase for sure. Mm. But you know, either way. But and I will hey, say, in Georgia, so for, it's no problem. Everything's well, open. Well, now we're good. Now I get Why to go, don't bowling go bowling tomorrow. Yeah, go yeah bowling, I get, get to get, get my done. nails done and go and bowling. And get some Bombas. So. <laughs> Quality. And I will say, just as you were talking about, so I was very very controlling if I'm going to be honest about anybody else feeding him so I Mm. did not let our nanny feed him until Mm. I mean we started this at six months I don't think I let her feed him until 12 months and I'm pretty sure I only left like soft food like Mm. maybe some like soft salmon and sweet potato or like foods just I knew a hundred percent without a doubt he was fine with like avocado and eggs or something that you know I was totally okay with so I was very controlling over that I I didn't even let dad really feed him without me being there um so yeah that was my own hang up and so therefore if he had been going to daycare or something I probably would not have let them do that with him you know we probably would have Mm. let them do some sort of purees or, or something of that nature or not really done that at that age with him so I just caveat that to say you know obviously I feel very strongly I'm really happy we went the baby led weaning route but it, it all depends on your situation and what makes sense for your family. And I think something else to consider, and you were actually the one that told me this in this process, Emma, is that it is okay to also have a hybrid. So Yeah, I think that's so uh, yeah, good. I and that's what I actually liked so about the different things. Yeah, and that's what I actually liked about the Feeding Littles course. There's a lot of baby-led weaning stuff that is very dogmatic. And I am not like that about anything. I don't care what it is. I'm really not dogmatic about stuff, even if I feel very passionate, which I do about baby-led weaning. I really don't have a lot of space for just being like, this is the quote-unquote right way. And I love their course because they really were okay with doing hybrid, you Mm -hmm. know, with like trying a little bit of this and then moving to that. And they did a lot of like... Try this with your kid and see mm-hmm. how your kid does, you know, mm-hmm. and how you do. And so, yeah, I think it's totally fine to do a little bit of both and take it slow. I think there's a lot of you want to jump into feeding your kid food like it's a race and it's not like mm-hmm. it takes months and months. And so it's it's OK to take it a little slow and see just what what fits best for you guys. So true. And like, you know, for, for us, it was introducing things and super, I mean, we're talking little tiny bite sizes when we started, but You now, were so cute with all your teeny, 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 tiny bites. I know. I was so nervous. I and slightly, now, I slightly gave you crap for a few months of like, mm-hmm. can he actually even be able to pinch that and pick mm-hmm. it up? Can and he taste like, that? I was like, my baby's going to have the best pincher grasp on the planet because he's <laughs> picking stuff up that's five millimeters <laughs> so wide. <laughs> so funny. But no, it's like, it was cool. And, and then, you know, I started obviously with little things and now he's... Now he can sit down, you know, my husband will grab out a hard-boiled egg from the fridge, sit down, plump, you know, this is for snack time, plop Emerson in his lap, and the two of them will take bites off of a hard-boiled egg. I can peel a banana, and Emerson will sit next to me and take bites off the banana. Same with And I want to say that is such a good point, is guess what? Both mm-hmm. of our boys are eating solid food. They're yep. fine. You know, so totally whatever fine. decision you yep. make you know here we are 14 uh, oh it'll be 15 months on saturday i, I know i was saying I, when i did our intro so, i said our we both have 14 month old boys what am i gonna I say next know, time we both have very so, old boys oh, it kills me lads. but it just goes to show i just remember at six seven eight months even between the so two of us divisive no, well, it not felt it did it felt well, i mean did, and not I, between I us yeah not but the topic us, in but general topic, is yeah. very divisive mm-hmm. and it also feels so important it feels so heavy and like i was making this life or death decision and if i did it wrong my child was going to be ruined and guess what guys it's okay yep. both of our children are both eating boys, solid foods yep they're and both it's okay. eating bombas and we're eating yep. the bombas too and they're both equally the throwing food on the floor and they're both doing all sorts of normal yep. and, tonight, and not eating tons well, of vegetables and, and so like here we are and i had to laugh because today owen was like a boss with his fork in the strawberry oh yeah and emerson was. at dinner it was so cute i had for him a little bit of avocado and he was he was just stabbing it and then he was sta- wanting to stab everything with the fork so then he had a couple little mango slices which were previously frozen so they're a little mushier quarantine quarantine status need some fresh mango gotta do but what hey. you gotta do 
and he was stabbing with his fork. It was just the cutest thing. And I just thought, you know what? This is just, this is so fun. It's so cute. And you're right. I mean, they're, okay, let's be real. Emerson definitely needs to work on his spoon usage because Emerson. Well, I will say we started that really that. young. We started that real, like we started because we did not feed him. I introduced a spoon at six and a half months where I would preload it. And then, so I would preload sweet potato and I would give it to him and he would bring it to his own mouth. That was something we did was loading spoons. And so, yeah, he's just, we've practiced that for a really long time. Oh, but you know what? Those interesting is starting, I would say four months ago. So let's just stay kind of right around the 10, 11 month mark, yeah, maybe closer to 11 month mark. Emerson would then start grabbing the spoon and put it in his own mouth. So isn't that yep. kind of funny that like I think they it just is they like do a it when they're ready. Thing. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, yeah. And so. most kids that even start with purees, they reach a point where they don't want you to spoon feed them anymore. So mm-hmm. I, you know, oh well, again. we certainly have. He turns yeah. his head. He'll take one bite because he's curious what I have on the spoon. And then, oop, it's a tight drum, and he doesn't want another bite. And we're like, okay, all right. Well, now we've reached a fun new stage that's so, like, I hope this isn't coming. I'm sure it will come at some point for you. He's just obsessed with what's on my plate. And it's mm. cute slash annoying. Mm. Because we'll have the same thing, and he's just constantly whining and wanting what's on my plate. And I hate to be a jerk, but Mama's hungry, too. And so the other day, he's, like, eating half of my meal. And he's been eating like a boss lately. I think we're in a little bit of a growth spurt. Well, you saw his little chunky self today. He's 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 a little, little he's round a right now. Yep. Mm-hmm. I have a feeling he's a group. Yep. He's so sweet. He's so cute. Ugh, that kid. But, yeah. But he just wants everything off of my plate right now. And it's just annoying. I'm like, get your own food, kid. I don't mm-hmm. share. I don't share food. <laughs> yep. Well, I don't blame but you. Anyway. They start to snack on everything. <laughs> yeah so, so but so what else any other any other tidbits piece of advice thoughts reflecting on on well, introducing solids obviously we still have a long ways to go so we're not yep. even into like full-on toddler so we are not claiming to be pros we're just talking about our our intro experiences yeah i would say um i would say definitely just for for mamas to know that they just they they gotta they gotta feel comfortable and then with what you're doing, keep educating yourself on it and then just be flexible. Like for me, it was, I'm curious about baby led weaning. We tried a couple of things. It made me nervous. I pulled back. We went kind of back to the traditional puree route. It went really well for us. And we started adding in solid foods. And now Emerson sits down and eats things that are very similar to what Owen's eating. So I feel like there are, you know, a lot of ways to walk this path. And I just suggest mamas walk it as educated as possible because, the more you know about it, and it's helpful, you know, and it's things like, I mean, it's, it's funny things like we'll occasionally get fried chicken. It's something my husband and I love. Emerson will sit there. We don't give him an entire piece of fried chicken, but we will tear off some pieces of the chicken from it. He will sit there and chow down on that fried chicken. And it's the cutest thing ever. And it's like, look, I mean, he didn't, it didn't, it didn't matter that, you know, he did purees or not. Like, it, you know, he's, he's obviously eating now. So, I think that for for me, it was just realizing that, you know, you got to do something that's in your comfort level, trust your kid, and and have fun with it. And also be open, I think, to talking to your friends or other moms who might have an approach that's different for you. Like the fact that Emma did baby-led weaning and I did more traditional weaning has been a way to push myself. And I remember distinctly a couple times, Emma, I would send you a picture and you'd be like, look at you, mama, that's a whole muffin. And I would be like, dang right, it's a whole muffin. Like, <laughs> you know, so I proud. just feel good about it, you know? Yeah. So I think that well, you and can... it's funny. I'll be interesting to see how it does, how it goes with a second kid because I have a friend True. that just had her second and she was did totally did purees the first time. Her second kid has done much more baby led weaning just because she's she's That's done she's already feeding, feeding a kid, mm-hmm. and it was just more of a pain in the butt than anything. Yeah, and, then- and you know the kid was just reaching for stuff, and then so she was just so much more comfortable with it the second mm-hmm. time around. Whereas before she fed her kid purees until like ten months or something like that. So I think it's it again as you said it perfectly being flexible and being educated because Mm -hmm. I I do think like no matter which direction you go, do your research. I highly recommend the feeding little stuff if you are at all just interested. And I actually, they have a wonderful toddlers course that I just took and it has been so helpful with feeding behavior. And just Mm -hmm. as I kind of talked about, about, um, you know, the throwing food, the, you provide, they decide just some of the, the troubleshooting of challenges you have once you get past the, whatever way you decide to feed your baby, you mm-hmm. know, you get into the toddler years and stuff and, and how that works out. So I highly recommend their stuff. It was just super helpful for, for me and, and even the toddler course now has been great. 
awesome. And I really liked the organic baby fed, organic baby food book that I got as well because it really talks about what kind of puree combinations you can try and a lot of information about the nutrients, about feeding baby in general. Even touches on, you know, moving on past the purees, like, you know, different types of family meals and things for baby too. So that was, that was definitely helpful. And another thing I would say, um, and I know that you definitely experience this as well, Emma, is to stay patient as well with the breastfeeding because mm-hmm. there are times when, you know, maybe they have a little more solid, so they're not, you know, as, as hungry for breastfeeding or they start getting a little more distracted. So especially in Emerson's case, he really wasn't nursing as well. And I was just, you know, nervous about that. Is he going to keep up with nursing? What's going on? And so just to kind of keep, you know, riding the wave, take one day at a time. And, you know, I don't think for either of us stopping, you know, breastfeeding, you know, as they were eating more and more solids, that that really wasn't something we experienced. We just simply had to either adjust. I remember at one point you telling me, maybe you're giving him too much puree. And I remember I was offering him quite quite a lot. And I was like, you're right, maybe I am, maybe a little too much. So I scaled back a little bit and yeah, I think just kind of like feeling it out. So yeah, I don't know if yeah. You, in general, I think the recommendation is always to kind of offer breast milk first and then solids. Mm-hmm. So, but it can be easy to kind of get thrown off that. So, but you know, talk to your pediatrician, find your support team, find a friend, all those kind of things. Find good resources. And if you guys have any questions about you know some of the resources we've mentioned or any, want any more details of our experiences, never hesitate to reach out. Messages because we are. An open book, and we have now rambled to y'all for far longer than we should have. Can you believe we thought we could do the breastfeeding episode and this episode in one? All right, let's be clear. By we, okay, being nice, you, I yeah, thought you, thought you were that. like, no way. I was like, Emma, come on, be fine. I was like, oh, that's cute. You think we can be that short one? Mm-hmm. That's cute. All right, guys, stay healthy, stay safe, stay at home for right now, despite being able to go to bowling alleys. Yep, Jeez. even the Georgia residents. Oh my gosh, stay home. Do not go bowling. All right, guys. That's enough of that. Talk to y'all next week. Bye, guys.